You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. It is Locked on Bucks. This is Frank Madden. And it's a Friday night, which means the Milwaukee Bucks are leading their Eastern Conference Finals against the Toronto Raptors 2-0. I said yesterday, if the Bucks won tonight, I would record late night to uh, give folks something to, uh, uh, I guess, savor with, uh, to celebrate with, uh, to uh, enjoy the Bucks win. Uh, I said if they didn't win, I'd drag Eric out on Saturday to, to talk about the game. My friend Eric Name, he is, as he has throughout the playoffs, uh, off tonight because he is busy covering this Bucks win at Pfizer Forum for The Athletic. So be sure to check out Eric's ongoing coverage. I am the founder of BrewHoop.com. Be sure to check out all my friends at BrewHoop for their ongoing coverage. And let's be honest, Bucks win tonight. 125-103 over the Toronto Raptors. Giannis Kumbo leading the way, 30 points, 17 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal, 2 blocks. He looked like the MVP on the day where the finalists for MVP and Defensive Player of the Year were announced, and both included Giannis to no one's surprise. And an MVP performance on the day you are officially named a finalist feels very fitting. And... The Milwaukee Bucks just keep taking care of business. I, I don't I don't know what else you can say uh, other than that on a night when the Bucks go wire to wire. They seize control of this game fairly early in the first quarter. They jump to out to a 9-0 lead. Lead the first quarter 35-21 uh, after one. Lead by, I believe, 25 at halftime. Game got a little bit closer in the second half. Toronto got it down to 80-67 to at one point, but Brooke Lopez... Mealy answered with a three-point play inside, and again, the game was kind of in that range, kind of 13 to 18 points then for, for some time, but Bucks got stops when they needed stops, they got buckets when they needed buckets, and another very balanced effort around Giannis, uh, basically the story of the playoffs. It, it's it's really just been a continuation of what we've been seeing night in and night out from the Bucks as they move to 10-1 and one. <laughs> 10 and 1 in the playoffs. They have a much better winning percentage in the playoffs than they do than they did in the regular season, which uh pretty sure that's not how things are supposed to work, but big night from Giannis. Uh, big contributions from Ursan Ilyasova off the bench. Uh I I someone tweeted at me. I I, I tweeted out, you know, big credit to Ursan. I was very concerned about how playable he would be against Pascal Siakam and that Sixers athletic front Sixers, sorry, Raptors athletic front line. Uh, 
No problem with that tonight. 17 points on 7-11 shooting, drew three charges, had a, had a, a, a steal and finish uh, that it was not a buzzer beater, but reminded me kind of of that Delhi steal and buzzer beater uh, against the Celtics in the playoffs to end that first quarter, whatever that was, game three or four last year. And everything kind of going right for Ursan tonight uh, as he was better than anybody not named Kawhi Leonard on the Raptors, which is wild to say. And pretty much at that point, you know the Bucks are going to win. Uh, really good performances as well from Malcolm Brogdon on both ends, 14 points, five assists, uh, along with Chris Middleton. They really did just, again, a really nice job on Kawhi Leonard, who got his 31 points on 18 shots. I mean, the numbers certainly scoring-wise were impressive, Kawhi, but he really had to work for those. It felt like his time of possession was sky high throughout this game. It felt like he would have wanted to take 30 shots, but uh, especially in the first half, the Bucks really did a nice job of just limiting his ability to even get off shots by, again, having that first line of defense be really solid and then bringing help whenever he got near the elbows, whenever he got near the paint. And again, you know, Kawhi pretty much on his own, uh, it's been a recurring storyline for the Raptors during the playoffs. And uh, tonight, kind of a comeback down to earth game for Kyle Lowry. He scores 15, but on four of 13 shooting. 14 points for Norm Powell. That was a nice shot in the arm for the former, technically a Bucks draftee. Uh, Grievous Vasquez's name just flashed through my mind since he was part of that trade, which will go down in infamy. But Man, that seems far, far in the rear view at this point. I was not expecting to have a Grievous Vasquez reference uh, this early in a podcast uh, about the Bucks going up 2-0 in the East Finals. But, uh, you know, we can laugh about it now. We can, we can laugh about horrible moves like the Grievous Vasquez trade because uh, over the past year, everything has come up Bucks, it seems. And uh, tonight they head off for Toronto uh, up 2-0 in their series, which is all you could have really asked for. Still a lot of work to be done, but halfway to uh to those four wins that are needed to get to the nba finals and um this looked like kind of the bucks team we've seen for so much of the season um ultimately didn't shoot great which was interesting they both teams uh were low 30s in terms of three-point shooting percentage but um the bucks used kind of that inside out combination to really build that lead in the first half especially as toronto had a hard time really figuring out how to how to get buckets against the bucks and uh, Raptors definitely played better in the second half. They had a big third quarter with 39 points, but uh, ultimately just not enough from them on the road yet again uh, as the Bucks race to uh, another win, their sixth consecutive win in the playoffs. And let's do the usual uh, recap style that I've been going through. We'll talk about three bucks. We'll talk about three numbers that sort of helps tell the story of this game. Talk about three kind of good things and three maybe less good things. I hesitate to say bad things on a night when the Bucks win a East, East Finals game by 22 points, but um, maybe some things to keep an eye on. So let's start with three Bucks. Can you guess who I'm going to start with? Yes, uh, it's Giannis, of course. 35 minutes tonight. Uh, again, did not need to go closer to the 40-minute mark. I... I keep waiting for a game when the Bucks lose where he plays like 35 minutes. I'm going to bitch and moan about it. Uh, but so far, hasn't really been needed. Uh, he wasn't super efficient tonight. 10 out of 20, which is you know, fine. 
not not as great as typical Giannis, but very good for mortals. Uh, one out of four from three. He started 0 for three. His jump shot really was not there. Then did ultimately hit a uh, a nice three pointer uh, that kind of kept. Toronto at bay in the second half, uh, nine out of 12 from the line. So that was nice, uh, to, uh, keep my mental health in, in decent shape given, uh, as you know, how much I struggle with, uh, watching Giannis miss free throws five assists. I, I thought again, his distribution was really solid. I think, you know, just a nice night balancing his attacking for himself and attacking to, to kick out and, and find other guys. Uh, and you know, the other number 17 rebounds, a steal, a couple blocks, did have four turnovers, but plus 17 on the night. You know, again, the, this was the, the MVP performance and obviously Kawhi has had a tremendous playoffs, but, uh, for Giannis to be, you know, again, delivering at such a high level against a team that, uh, you know, has some personnel that I think, you know, again, they can throw some guys at Giannis that again, aren't going to you know stop him per se, but, uh, can at least, show him some athleticism, can compete with him physically a bit. Um, you know, again, he hasn't gone completely supernova in these first two games, but there has been no no repeat of, of what we saw at the start of that Boston series where he, he kind of was uh, not making the right decisions and, and not able to kind of balance, again, that that attacking for himself and others. He, he's really, I think, gotten pretty locked in in terms of balancing those things and um, you know, I think obviously a huge reason why the Bucks are getting such co- good contributions from other guys is because of the way Giannis picks his spots and knows when to look for himself and, and when to look for others. Um, let's talk about Urshan Silva. Uh, as I said, seven out of 11, two out of five, um, just in that first half, it just seemed like the Bucks were, uh, you know, just ready to run the Raptors out of the building. They're up 25 at halftime and, and Urshan was a big part of that story. Uh, hits those couple of threes, takes, I think it was two charges maybe in the first half, another one, uh, I think in the second half. Uh, You know, again, physically, he's going to have issues trying to defend uh, a number of these guys in space. Obviously, you know, if Kawhi gets him in space, if, you know, Siakam gets him in space, we saw that a couple times in game one, uh, you know, he's not going to be able to keep up with them from a foot speed perspective. But, uh, you know, again, the way the Bucks defend and the way the Bucks have defended as a team and shown multiple, multiple bodies and been intelligent and, uh, you know, pretty disciplined in their help. I mean, look, they're going to help. We know that they do that. We know that they're going to give up threes, uh, because of that. But, uh, the trade-off being that it just becomes so hard to get easy baskets. Uh, obviously that's a trade-off that's worked really well for the Bucks all season. And then I think it's helped a guy like our son was obviously much more of a, a team defender than an individual defender. Um, so I, I don't, think we're, we can expect a repeat of what we saw from Urson tonight, but it's been obviously kind of one of these recurring stories for the Bucks that on any given night, one of these bench guys is going to step up, two of these bench guys are going to step up, and uh, you never know exactly who it's going to be, uh, and tonight certainly Urson was not a guy I would have picked out, but he played really, really well, and um, I mean, dramatically outplayed Pascal Siakam of all people who had just eight points on nine shots fouled out just one rebound minus 21 in 26 minutes had a great regular season against the Bucks, but just has not been able to get on track here in the playoffs as Giannis has really just gotten the best of him and obviously you know when Ursan is also playing at this level the Bucks just become very very hard to beat uh, a third buck to highlight um, I'll go with Malcolm Brogdon um, you know part of me wants to pick out Chris Middleton, just for the defensive effort he gave tonight. Chris really 
Um, kind of just picked his spots a little bit offensively. Wasn't really nearly as involved as you might normally expect. Five out of eight from the field, two out of three from, from deep. Uh, just one rebound and one assist, which is really rare for Chris. Normally he's giving you, you know, four or five assists every night, six, seven rebounds every night. He's been such a big contributor and kind of doing those things that, again, don't pop off the box score, but his ability to distribute, rebound a bit, um, do those little things. Maybe he didn't do that tonight, but, man, the defensive effort just to make, again, Leonard work and make the Raptor defense, or sorry, make the Raptor offense just just very one-dimensional, you know, and, and it just seems like it's just been a slog for them as so much of what they try to do has been just give it to Kawhi and just kind of get out of the way. And, and again, even when the Bucks do bring help, Kawhi's obviously not a guy who's really particularly comfortable being a playmaker. And I think, you know, again, big credit to, to Chris as well as Malcolm for their individual defense. And I think tonight, Brogdon, I think, gets the nod because of what he did offensively as well, five out of ten. Uh, hit another three out of six from three, uh, finishes with 14 points, five assists, made some really good plays in transition, some nice dishes. Uh, I often complain about Malcolm not passing in transition, so I have to call it out when when he does that. Uh, he's been just such a big boost here in these first couple games. You know, again, we, we didn't know exactly what to expect him coming back from that plantar fascia injury. Uh, there was a story by Lori Nickel in the Journal Sentinel today, which really good story by Lori Nickel, uh, painted a pretty worrying picture, I would say, of Brogdon's just kind of general like foot issues. Uh, if I was Brogdon's agent, I probably wouldn't want that being read by teams that might want to throw him a lot of money in free agency. Just, um, you know, talk about how he has flat feet and has all these issues uh, and how he really has to kind of stretch and work his feet to make sure that um you know he he can kind of manage the the injuries that he has and make sure that he, he avoids injuries in the future so um you know ironically i think the plantar fascia tear seems like it probably helped him because he just ultimately had to you know basically sit out for two months and get right rather than continue to play with uh, you know what he described as a really painful um plantar fasciitis situation which you know again that really doesn't go away until you just stop playing and um you know that that was the irony when the injury happened that he might actually be able to get get pain free faster now that he tore the now that he got had that tear and um certainly looks very much more like the malcolm that we've been used to seeing and uh you know his threes especially in the first half i thought were just really demoralizing really kind of helped put the raptors uh, in a big bind, and uh, again, just being able to bring him off the bench, stagger him with Chris, uh, the defense he's been playing. Again, shout out to our friend Dean Maniat for his Malcolm as undersized three-man defensively. Uh, I think we've seen a good example of that in this series, and the fact that he's defended Kawhi very credibly. I mean, you have not had to feel like, oh, we got to get Chris back in, or you know, on a night like this, Chris actually had five fouls, so certainly the fouls were, were a bit of an issue uh, for for Chris and something to kind of keep an eye on but um you know really not not worried nearly as much knowing that you've got malcolm brogdon coming off the bench and, and really able to um to kind of deputize in that role and obviously be a guy who can play make make threes uh off the bench as well we all we all know what malcolm can do and the fact that he's doing that already is is obviously just a a huge boost for for a bucks team that um you know again again whether it was against boston or now against toronto we're just seeing uh the bucks really dominate bench units and and shut down what teams have been able to do uh offensively and you know 
to then have the luxury of bringing Malcolm and George Hill, who bounced back from his poor shooting game in game one, 13 points on eight shots. George Hill was really good tonight. Uh, it's just such a huge luxury the Bucks have right now with the, the guys that they can bring off the bench. Three numbers. Um, speaking of that bench, uh, the Raptors actually did get a lot more from their bench tonight than in previous nights. Some of that probably because uh, you know they had kind of garbage time where uh, a bunch of bench guys came in and, and played the last uh, few minutes. But overall, still, again, a 54-39 a to 39 bench advantage for uh, for the Bucks. Um, I mean, you go down the list, I mean, you get three bench guys in double figures, three get bench guys with 13 or to 17 points between Hill, Brogdon and Ilyasova. Um, that's huge. I mean, you really only needed those three guys. Um, Pat Connaughton did make, uh, did make one bucket, uh, but really wasn't a factor again for the second straight game. You know, he, he has taken a backseat since uh, that Celtic series where he was so good. But again, this is the strength of this team, just being able to, come at you in waves and you just don't know on any given night, which of these guys is going to really hurt you. But, um, bucks continued going with pretty much a nine man rotation, uh, Ilyasova, Brogdon, Hill and Connaughton and, um, really difficult to argue with the results. I mean, they've just been able to continuously, you know, when Giannis is in the court, they've been great. And then when Giannis is off the court, they have, um, at least been about even, I think Zach Lowe tweeted since, Excluding the Detroit series coming into this game, they were plus two with Giannis on the bench, and and that's all you need. I think they're like plus eleven if you include the Detroit series. Uh, but I mean, if you can keep it even when Giannis is on the bench, you're generally going to be pretty happy. You're going to win most games, and for the Bucks to you know even have, get a little bit of an edge most nights when when Giannis is on the bench, it's obviously a huge luxury as they continue to be able to really manage his minutes and and his workload as as they have all season. Uh, so the number seven, just seven turnovers for the Bucks tonight. I, you know, turnover numbers, you you generally don't really notice a really great turnover night because it's again something that's not happening. You know, you're not looking for the Bucks to turn it over a lot, but uh, when it happens, you really notice it. When it doesn't happen at all, you just don't notice it as much. And tonight, Giannis with four turnovers. Other than that, Brooke Lopez, Brogdon, and Sterling Brown. Uh, or sorry, Brooke Lopez, Tim Frazier, and uh, Brogdon, uh, the only other guys to turn it over tonight. Um, again, just being able to take care of the ball the way the Bucks did. Uh, again, it's just free possessions. And when you look ultimately at these two teams, I mean, there wasn't nearly as big of a gap between these teams in terms of like shooting percentages than you might have thought. Um, my third number is is 31%. Uh, both teams shoot 31% from three, which is kind of wild because it felt like Toronto was struggling from shooting and was shooting in the first half. The Bucks were seemingly hitting, you know, every open look they got. Uh, but ultimately, it evened out over the course of the game, and Bucks did make three more threes, uh, but ultimately not uh, not really the, the storyline of the game uh, from from deep. It was other stuff, and the turnovers were a big part of that. You know, just 14 turnovers for the Raptors, seven for the Bucks. Um, ended up being opponent points off turnovers plus 11 for the Bucks. Again, these these things matter, and um, you know I don't think you can expect the Bucks to be that good every night in terms of ball ball control. But I think it spoke to again the fact that the Raptors' defense was not able to dictate sort of the terms of uh, of engagement. Uh, the rap, you know, the Bucks I think were generally comfortable kind of picking them apart 
we saw them go to zone a couple times. Uh, we saw the Raptors kind of do some different things, try to throw the Bucks off a little bit. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, 122 offensive rating for the Bucks tonight. No problem scoring, even with uh, a pretty mediocre shooting night from three. But uh, they do go to the line, get 35 free throw attempts, hit 26. Uh, just a modest 50 to 46 edge in the paint. So it's not like they were just dominating in the paint they, the way they did last game. Toronto did end up doing okay in the paint. Um, but again, they just, you know, Toronto couldn't beat them anywhere. They lost by minus, you know, minus six at the line, minus nine from three, uh, minus four in the paint. Uh, even in the mid range, the Bucks actually scored two more points and fast break 28 to 19. So again, just the Bucks. Just better, just better in pretty much every phase of the game again tonight. Uh, rebounding was another similar story. 88% defensive rebound rate for the Bucks tonight. That's f- terrific. Just six offensive rebounds for Toronto. I, and I just felt it's it's really begun to feel like the fact that, you know, the Bucks are going big with their starting unit. You know, Miritich, I thought, uh, you know, he, I have to talk about him a little bit. He hit five out of 10 tonight, 15 points, six rebounds. Uh, you know, his size, he didn't have any steals or blocks tonight, but we've seen him throughout these playoffs. Like he's, he's just, he does things, you know, you, you think he's just going to be again, just kind of that, that shooter, pure scorer type guy. But, um, he's done a really nice job working on the defensive end, hitting the boards, using that size to, to make life difficult on, on the opponents. And, you know, again, the Bucks starting a seven footer, uh, essentially another seven footer in Giannis. And then a 6'10 guy in Miritich, effectively, you know, across their front lines. Um, it makes life tough on the Raptors in terms of making any type of impact on the boards. And um, they really have not been able to exploit uh, Nico's, you know, kind of mobility issues, right? I mean, he's he's having to guard Danny Green a fair bit. And, I mean, so far, you know, Danny Green tonight, eight points on six shots. Eh, you know, 22 minutes. Like, he, he really didn't have much of an impact. They got better results from Norm Powell, who had... 14 on nine shots. Uh, we'll be interested to see kind of what they do. I, Gasol was bad again tonight. One out of nine, just two points. Uh, could they throw Serge Ibaka into the starting five? Certainly could. Maybe give them a little bit mobility, more mobility. Um, maybe give them another guy they can try on Giannis uh, just to spell Pascal Siakam, who, again, I don't know how much of his struggles are related to the fact that he's getting worn out trying to defend Giannis. I don't, I don't know if that's the issue so much uh, tonight. I mean, six fouls, 26 minutes, uh, obviously some of those fouls on Giannis. So maybe spare him a little bit by being able to alternate him in Ibaka. But um, again, big questions for, uh, for Nick Nurse heading back to, uh, to Toronto. Um, talking about three good themes, I'd say just generally the Bucks, Bucks are rolling. I mean, <laughs> Uh, some numbers after the game. It's now their sixth 20-plus point victory. I, I saw that that's tied for the most ever uh, in a playoffs. Um, that's good. <laughs> uh, hopefully they they add to that. Certainly uh, when they go to Toronto, or is we gonna okay maybe not, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll take single digit wins as well on the road. But uh, just a testament to how dominant they've been. Uh, Kirk Goldsberry tweeted out that they are third in plus minus through 11 games um, all time uh, for teams. The other four teams in the top five all won championships. So yeah, that's that's a good company to be in. And and again, this is this has been the story for the Bucks all year. They 
they dominate teams. They win not just by a little bit, but by a lot. And, uh, you know, I think if I want to highlight another good theme, I mean, every night it seems like we're talking about some other guy who's stepping up and, and giving you a shot in the arm, giving you life, uh, really kind of sticking it to the other team. And obviously tonight, Ursan's the obvious guy to, to point out. I mean, he's probably a guy you just really don't expect, to, you know, as much as he can knock down a three here and there and work hard on the glass. He's not really a guy you expect to, to kind of jump off the page in terms of scoring efficiency, but he was certainly the the guy tonight off the bench who who really uh, went above and beyond kind of what you normally expect. Uh, Hill again was good, bounced back from from game one, and, and Brogdon just continues to roll uh, in spite of the fact that you know he's just coming back from a pretty serious foot injury. So um, those three guys plus uh, you know again kind of just some garbage time minutes didn't matter that Pat Connaughton hasn't really found his legs in this series at all. And, you know, again, you look at the starting five, Brooke Lopez, after that monster game one, uh, he just goes one out of seven tonight, didn't hit a three, four out of five uh, from the foul line, just six points. Uh, But that one bucket was a a pretty important three-point play uh, as the Raptors were kind of trying to get back into the game. He also had three assists feels like a lot for Brooke Lopez, uh, just one block. But again, along with Giannis, his size and, and, you know, the, the intimidation factor and and their ability to wall off the pain and just make the Raptors have to do other stuff. And, you know, we've seen it with Kawhi, how many times he probes and, you know, tries to, to attack the paint, but just has to settle for either shorter shots, uh, your short jump shots or, or just retreat and, and pass the ball out. I mean, again, it's, it just makes, the Raptors offense just uh, a lot harder to be, you know, just a lot harder to be efficient when uh, when your main guy is, is just seeing that amount of attention. And even if he scores efficiently, it just seems like the rest of the Raptor offense is just kind of, you know, getting out of rhythm. It just doesn't seem like, like anybody else is uh, is ready to to really kind of step up again. And, and, and it's it's weird because I, I coming into this year, I felt like the Raptors were a really deep, talented team and I, I mean I still think they are um but in the grand scheme of things it, the, the supporting cast just right now is not delivering for Toronto um the other one is again I mean we've kind of been hitting at it but just the defense you know and, and uh, what they've been able to do you know there there was this idea during the regular season of when Kawhi was on the floor that the Raptors kind of played more of that sort of ISO Kawhi centric offense and when they didn't play with Kawhi they maybe were a bit more free-flowing and um, you know, maybe had something that was a bit more, I don't know if sustainable is the right word, um, but a bit more of like the offense we saw last year when even DeMar DeRozan was there. Uh, and in fairness to DeRozan, obviously not the player that, that Kawhi is overall, but um, a guy who became a pretty good playmaker, whereas Kawhi really really has not added that to his game. And um, again, it's just looking at this, this Raptor offense, um, It'll be interesting to see how they do in, in Toronto. Obviously, you expect them to be better there. Uh, role players, you know, often play better at home, uh, and that's just where it's been really tough for them. Uh, you know, Van Vliet hit one three that I remember, but five points on five shots. He he just has not gotten uh, on track in in the playoffs. And you know, again, other than Norm Powell, just nobody really playing a kind of above above expectations for for Toronto, and and that's just. It's going to be really hard to compete with a team like the Bucks when uh, you don't have guys 
playing at at that next level of uh, of where they were you know kind of typically it, it, you know other than Kawhi, it just doesn't seem like any of these guys right now are are stepping up and you know you had lowry really doing that last game and then today you know again kind of looked more like uh the lowry that that we've seen for you know for much of the season like he's a really good player does a lot of little things but ultimately you know he can't be a number two uh most nights uh it's it's tough if if he's the only guy other guy out there contributing other than Kawhi. um if i want to talk about three bad things um man it's it's amazing that eric bledsoe can be struggling to score as much as he has in this playoffs overall well let me say this he was good in the detroit series but the Boston series obviously was very up and down, and now uh, against Toronto, uh, two straight games where he is very ineffective scoring. Again, didn't make a shot in the first half tonight. Finishes three out of ten uh, from the field. Did finally hit a three-point shot, uh, which was obviously a very refreshing thing to see. Um, but I got—I have to give credit, even though I'm gonna—you know—we put it under the kind of the bad category. Um, he played a much better game offensively tonight than he did the other night. Just, I just felt like his decision-making was a lot better. Seven assists, no turnovers. He had some really nice passes uh, for layups. We, he had a great bounce pass on the pick-and-roll to Ursan that he finished. It wasn't a, an easy finish with his left hand, but um, great pass from him there. Found Giannis a couple times for really nice looks for dunks. Um, you know, again, it, it, with Bledsoe, he's gonna obviously going to have a lot of nights where he's not maybe not shooting the ball, and if the other team is walling off the paint, Maybe he's not being able to get to the rim and finish. So for him to be able to kind of channel that into kind of a probing, playmaking type of role, it's really big because, again, you know, he has the luxury of not being, you know, looked to to be a big-time scorer every night. He doesn't have to do that uh, given the Bucks' depth. But if he can kind of, you know, take a step back and say, okay, maybe I'm not getting where I want to, to finish. Maybe I'm not being able to score consistently. Well, let me see how I can kind of again channel uh, my capability, you know, my energy, my athleticism into playmaking. Uh, channel that into defense, obviously, which we've seen him do all year. Uh, that's obviously a, a, a big positive and can blunt you know some of the uh, negative of of him struggling to score. Which you know again, the Bucks are uniquely suited to uh, to manage that, given you've got guys like Hill and and Brogdon now both coming off the bench to 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 spell him, but. Uh, certainly, I think a much better uh, performance tonight than in Game One, but still a lot of room for improvement from from Bledsoe overall. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, the only downside now is you you have to go on the road and and continue to play at this level uh, away from the from the BMO Harris. Oh my God, the BMO Harris Bradley Center, Pfizer Forum. Sorry, folks. Uh, yeah, it's getting late tonight. Um, so we'll see. Uh, you know, Toronto has obviously been. Uh, a team that historically has been up and down at home. We've seen them lose at home in these playoffs. We've seen them lose to to Philadelphia. We even saw them lose a game to Orlando. The Bucks beat Toronto both times uh, in uh, Canada this year already. So, you know, I don't think the Bucks are going to be afraid of going into uh, the... Uh, I hate calling it the Scotiabank Center or whatever it's called now. It'll always be the Air Canada Center. Uh, to me, but um, obviously that presents a new challenge. Uh, you do obviously have the the upper hand in this series being up 2-0, but um, certainly if you're the Bucks, I think you're you're obviously looking to to take at at least one of these games in Toronto to really take control and uh, and be able to close this series out, you know, sooner rather than later. But um, 
again, this this Raptors team, I still think they're better than what we've seen, but I think you also have to just give the Bucks a ton of credit. I mean, you know, Toronto not looking good. They're they're playing another team out there, right? <laughs> it you know I think sometimes, uh, especially when good teams struggle, there's this tendency to just say, well, it's you know they're they're just not playing well or they're they're not doing this, not doing that. As as fans, you know, I mean, I, I do it too with the Bucks, right? If they have a bad night, we say, oh, the Bucks just the Bucks just stunk tonight. They weren't themselves. But um, I think obviously with Toronto and the way that they have struggled offensively in these first two games, the first thing you look at is is Milwaukee, and you just say this this Bucks team is is playing great defense and guess what we shouldn't be surprised they played great defense all year and we just haven't seen we really have just not seen anything in these first couple games that you know kind of hint at some Achilles heel uh defensively that for the Bucks that that can really be exploited by Toronto um you know again Siakam has been great this year but if he's being defended by Giannis most of the time that's tough. That's that's tough for him to to really have big nights consistently when Giannis is really engaged and and defending him. Um, obviously, Lowry, great first game, but you know again the Bucks have multiple really strong defensive point guards that they can put on him and make his life a bit more difficult. And um, you know with Kawhi, Kawhi's gonna uh, he's too good to be kind of shut down, but certainly the Bucks have the bodies and and some smart defenders that they can put on him to make him work and. You know, after that, again, it just comes down to role players making shots. And um, I think our friend Imani, I pointed out, you know, the Bucks were better tonight in terms of limiting corner threes. They were, you know, kind of closing out on those corner threes better than they have been, uh, forcing maybe more of those above the break threes that you can live with. And overall, I mean, you know, Toronto, I, Nick Nurse was saying like, oh, we were getting good looks. We could, couldn't just hit them. And I mean, to that, I'd say you only took 32 threes. I mean, again, in, in this day and age, and especially given the number of threes the Bucks typically allow, um, you know, if the Bucks only allow 32 threes, uh, you know, obviously the ultimately what matters is how many get made at that point. But, um, you know, again, you, you can't really generally blitz a team from three if you only take 32 total. And that obviously speaks to the way the Bucks were running them off the line and the way the Bucks were, you know, helping and recovering and, uh, you know, doing the kind of things that, Oftentimes they don't do right. I mean, they they do give up tons of threes. Um, but tonight, I thought they they did a nice job of um, really kind of preventing the Raptors from from getting the kinds of shots that that you necessarily want. And um, again, uh, you know, Gasol tonight only 0 out of two. We saw Brook Lopez playing, um, you know, pretty close to Gasol in pick and roll, uh, which was interesting to see. I think I think part of that is maybe because you know Kawhi, when especially when it's Kawhi attacking in a pick and roll. Um, He's not really looking to attack really quickly. Like Kawhi is is such a kind of prober, and he's more used to kind of bully balling, um, even out of pick and roll. That uh, you kind of have time to recover, and I think that's been a big reason why the Bucks also have been able to kind of keep going over screens rather than having to switch. Because again, Kawhi's not really he's not turning the corner fast enough to really make you kind of think differently and he doesn't play make in a way that you know makes you have to feel like you need to switch because you're otherwise not going to be able to get out back to the role man so um again it'll be interesting to see kind of what what uh what adjustments the the raptors make but certainly for the bucks i you know you're you're just going to kind of keep playing your game and um you know i think 
certainly it's been an awesome week here in Milwaukee. Hopefully many of you were able to go to the game tonight. Hopefully many of you who weren't at the game were able to watch it from the Deer District slash the Deer Garden uh, slash the Fraser Fjord. Uh, can we can we get a little like alcove somewhere? Like like a little like corner somewhere with a garbage can or something that, that we can call the Fraser Fjord. Can we do that? Uh, that's, that's a really bad callback to, to a really bad nickname for Tim Frazier. But uh, Tim Frazier did play tonight, which um, kind of tells you all you needed to know about the competitiveness of this game. By the way, also shout out to Sterling Brogdon, uh, Ster- or Sterling Brogdon, Sterling Brown. Uh, we've been used to Sterling just spending the entire game with his warm-up top off and his warm-up pants on. So he... <laughs> He's got his jersey on, like he's about to come into the game, but then he has his pants on, and he just pretty much is is a is a cheering on most of the game. Uh, he actually did come into this game. He did have to take off his warm up pants, which was disappointing, uh, and then uh, looked like he was treating it like Game Seven of the Finals. Uh, was looking to hit threes, did hit a three from the corner, uh, was attacking the rim, tried to dunk in transition with like 30 seconds left in the game. Uh, so. No, uh, no let up from uh, lockdown Sterling Brown or throwdown Sterling Brown, downtown Sterling Brown. Uh, he uh, he continued to uh, to to you know try to use his four minutes uh, as he would even if uh, he was playing meaningful minutes. But um, anyway, very fun night if you're a Bucks fan. That's why I'm so giddy to be talking about this game uh, late on a Friday night. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it, whether you're watching on TV or out celebrating with Bucks fans in downtown Milwaukee or wherever you are. Um, again, enjoy it. It's uh, it, this should be this should be a fun ride. It's it's obviously been a tremendous start to the playoffs for the Bucks. And uh, Eric and I will be back to preview. Man, Sunday's game. Uh, these games are coming kind of quick now. Uh, we'll be back to preview hopefully tomorrow uh, or Saturday, I guess. Uh, throw together some quick thoughts and give you a preview of, of Sunday's game as well as the Bucks will look to, uh, yeah, take a commanding three, nothing lead for now though, uh, two nothing lead and Bucks fans should feel very happy about it. Uh, Giannis doing Giannis things and, uh, a lot to be happy about in Milwaukee as, uh, they continue to, to make their charge for hopefully a trip to the NBA finals. So with that, it's Frank Madden signing off for the night. Uh, Stay safe. Hope you enjoyed the game. Hope you enjoyed your evening, and we'll talk to you soon.